0: Welcome to Harvest Birth Stories, where we support mamas pre, post, and during birth. My name is Sophie Grace, and I will be your host for this podcast. We want to share empowering birth stories across the United States and beyond, and encourage mothers all around the world to feel proud and empowered by any story that they may have experienced. Let's get into the podcast. Thank you for listening. Christina. <laughs> Thank you. I am going to have you start off with just telling us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do, who is at home, all that good jazz.
1: Sure. Yeah. So my name's Christina. Um, I am married um, to my husband, Andy. We've been married for, oh man, i got to do the math, um, s- five years. six this year. So five years, um, we've been together for almost 10. We have two kids. I have a three-year-old son and a one-year-old daughter. She just turned one on Wednesday. Um, so this is actually like a full circle moment for me. And you'll kind of understand why as we get into the, my like, um, birth story, but Um, And then we live in central Minnesota and I am actually a marriage and family therapist and I specialize in perinatal mental health. So I love working with pregnant and postpartum women through their mental health journey. Um, It's been a big passion of mine ever since I had my own children. So um, I really enjoy, enjoy it. So.
0: Yeah, it's a little Um, bit about me. Yeah, kind of, I guess before we go into um, your birth stories, do you kind of want to touch maybe a little bit of the importance of like perinatal therapy and stuff like that? It's just very interesting.
1: Yes. Oh, my gosh, yes. Um, (laughs) It is. It's so important um, just to be able to have support throughout pregnancy and um, postpartum. I mean it's so hard. Like being a mom is so hard. And I really didn't, I don't feel like that really hit me until I was in it. Um, how important it is. I mean, I've been in the mental health field for, um, five or six years now and I just, it's so mental health's always been important to me, but specifically perinatal is, is huge. And it's so common. Um, It's like one in every five women are experiencing, postpartum mental health whether anxiety or depression or or other forms of mental health so it's so prevalent and um yeah I just really want to be that person that people can come to if they have that so Mm -hmm. um, yeah it's it's been a really fun um thing to dive into so I listened to your um podcast with Shannon I actually went to high school with her and Uh (laughs) um and you guys are talking about like just how you kind of dove into it and I related to that so much I like dove into pregnancy all things pregnancy as soon as I found out I was pregnant um I like got obsessive so that's kind (laughs) of how I came to the perinatal kind of um field or that specialty um yeah
0: do you feel like the last like few years um, it's maybe become more of like an open topic, I guess. Cause I feel like maybe, you know, like when our parents were parents, like it was very, like, you just got over Mm -hmm. it kind of a thing. Yeah. Oh gosh. I think we're getting
1: better. I think it is definitely becoming more of a thing to talk about. And I think people are being more open about what it is. Cause yeah, I totally feel like our parents, it was like, you just sucked it up and you, you dealt with it. And, you did it alone um, if you were experiencing something. So I think it's getting better. I think we have a long way to go, um, (laughs) but it's getting better. And I feel like a lot more people are willing to talk about it, are willing to seek out help and support. Um, So we're getting there. (laughs)
0: Yeah. So let's kind of, I guess, dive into your first um, birth story if you want to, and you can kind of Give us a little backstory on like, if you guys were trying, if you weren't, how that all went and how your pregnancy went.
1: Yeah. So we moved to the area. I live in Alexandria. We moved to the area pretty quickly after I graduated from grad school. um, And we knew that we wanted to kind of just like be married for a little bit before we had or started talking about having kids, I was like ready probably sooner than my husband was. But <laughs> I think we, I kind of like slowly kind of got him to um, agree to it maybe a little bit earlier than he probably would have. But um, we, you know, had bought a house. We were both pretty like established with our careers and it kind of just felt for me really right um, to start trying. So um we started, I think, in like 2019, early or late 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, or yeah, was it? 2000? Yeah, it was early 2019. I have to get my years right. Um, <laughs> and it didn't take super long looking back in the moment. I feel like every time you get a negative test, it's crushing, but really, it didn't take us that long. Um, a couple months, I think I three months maybe. Um, so it was a pretty quick a lot faster, um, looking back than I ever thought it would be, um, (laughs) but yeah, we were trying, um, we were super excited, um, as soon as I found out I was pregnant, like I said, I, like, dove into pregnancy, I got super obsessive, I, like, listened to podcasts, I started, um, listening to the birth hour, like, religiously, um, (laughs) YouTube, I did all the YouTube v- videos. Bridget Taylor was like one of my favorite mm-hmm. YouTubers. And I really started diving into her videos. Um, I got really interested in just like delivery, labor and delivery and like all the options that are out there. Um, mm-hmm. So I dove in um, head first to yeah. say the least um, and was really excited um, for just to be pregnant. So I'd always really loved kids, um, since I can remember. So, um, yeah, it was, it was planned. It was exciting and nerve wracking. (laughs) Um, but
0: did you have, like when you got pregnant, did you kind of have an idea in your head, what your birth plan, what you wanted it to be?
1: Um, well, initially I think yes. Initially, I was like, I'm going to go in with an open mind. I'd really like to do unmedicated. But like, if I need to get the epidural, I'll do it. Like I was Mm -hmm. kind of started with that. Mm -hmm. And then the more research I did, the more reading and just like um, information I gathered, the more I kind of really felt a pull towards going unmedicated. um, Mm -hmm. And just all of the research behind the benefits that it has. And just like, for me, um, really connecting with my body and what women's bodies are made to do, like I just felt this pull to really go unmedicated. Um, yeah. And I felt like a shift probably when I was, I don't know, maybe like five or six months pregnant. I was like, okay, I need to shift my mentality because if I go in there, and I'm like, okay, I'll just do whatever. And if I need the epidural, it'll, I'll, I'll go with it. I knew that if I do that, I would get the epidural. Yeah. I really didn't want to. So I kind of worked on shifting my mindset to I'm not getting an epidural. Obviously, I'll do whatever I need to do to keep me and my baby safe. But I'm not going to get an epidural. I'm doing this unmedicated. I am going to – I did a lot of prep and a lot of pain management prep to kind of um, – Figure out the best ways to manage that. Um, I am a baby when it comes to pain. Um, <laughs> I have zero pain tolerance, um, so I was a little nervous. But I was like, my mom had four babies. She did it all unmedicated. Um, There's so many women out there that do it all the time. Like my body's made for this. I got this. Right. And and that was my mindset going into it. Was I'm gonna I'm gonna do this unmedicated and and this naturally. Um, intervention free as possible was my my plan.
0: So. Yeah, so what kind of I guess um, pain management skills or prep did you do like did you take any classes or did you just kind of like do your own personal research?
1: Yeah, so our hospital here offers, a childbirth class, as well as a breastfeeding class. So I took both of those. They were all right. (laughs) Um, (laughs) They were okay. I think as a new mom, all information, I was just trying to soak up everything I, or as a first time mom, everything that I could. So um, looking back now, they were okay. But in the moment I was like, oh my gosh, this is so much information. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then I did a lot of just of my own personal um, prep. I did a lot of research on like hypnobirthing. I didn't take any official classes, but I read about it a lot. I read um, Ina May, um Guide mm-hmm. to Childbirth, um, and then yeah, just a lot of YouTube videos and listening to birth stories. I think that was the biggest thing. I tried to find a lot of other birth stories where people went natural and medicated um, or as you know low intervention. I tried to listen to a lot of those, um, just to kind of get some guidance on what my options were and how I could, Mm -hmm. um, you know, navigate through that. So, um, that was pretty much the prep I did, um, for, for pain management, I guess.
0: Yeah. So I guess kind of take us through your pregnancy and how it went and how you kind of like chose your care team for your pregnancy.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. My pregnancy, uh, I would say, was pretty textbook. I had a little bit of nausea in the first trimester. But as long as I ate um, and didn't let myself get hungry, it was pretty manageable. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't even feel, honestly, it's crazy to think back now, especially after my second pregnancy, I like didn't feel pregnant until I was like 26 or 27 weeks. Like it just was so, it was great. Like I felt great. I was like, man, if this is pregnancy, I'm going to have all the babies. (laughs) This is wonderful. Um, and yeah, it was really good. Um, I didn't really feel a lot of movement. I didn't really show, until like yeah 26 or 27 weeks so honestly i was like wait is there something in there (laughs) am i really pregnant because it just didn't feel like it um
0: it's like one of those pregnancies that everybody um desires and is jealous
1: of (laughs) yeah um i yeah i have some other friends who have had some pretty tough tough pregnancies and it honestly made me feel bad because i was just like man this is really easy um i my second kid um proved me wrong on that one. We'll get to that. But um, (laughs) this first one was, it was really a magical experience for me. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, And then uh, I got to third trimester. And um, obviously, once I got to the later parts of it, I got more uncomfortable and like anxious. But other than that, my pregnancy was was pretty smooth. Um, and I, I, yeah, it was a really good experience for me.
0: Yeah. Did you do like the hospital there? Is that what you did?
1: Yes. Yeah, so, um, I live in a very, um, just a smaller community. Alexandria's about what? 12,000 people yeah. I would say. So we have one hospital, we have two clinics and one hospital. Um, and then we have, um, uh, my, with just my research that I did and going, um, unmedicated, I, wanted to do a midwife.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, and then I have a sister who, um, uses the same hospital. Um, she doesn't live in the same town as me, but, um, mine is one of the bigger hospitals in the area. Um, and she had a midwife and she had some really great pregnancies and experiences. So I felt pretty good. Mm -hmm. Um, going into my like search process. Um, but honestly it was so weird. They, I called and was like, I'm pregnant. Like what do I do now? And they're like, Oh, like, who do you want to work with? Or who do you want? And I was like, Oh my gosh, I have to, what you want me to just tell you right now? I don't know. Like I didn't even look at it. So I just like randomly, I knew I wanted a midwife. So I just like randomly pick someone. And then she's like, Oh, if you change your mind, like just let us know. But Um, But luckily the um, girl I picked, um, I loved, she was a midwife um, and there was three at the clinic I did or Mm -hmm. two, two at the clinic um, that I went to. And then there were two at the other clinic and they all four of them rotated. Um, So how our hospital does it is you will meet with your um, provider um, throughout your pregnancy, but you will, you do have to meet with the other provider at that clinic at least twice throughout your pregnancy. Mm-hmm. So you know them. And then between the four midwives, they rotate weekends. So one midwife will have a weekend um, once a month. So you, your chances are you would, if you delivered during the week, you would get your midwife. But if you delivered on a weekend, you had a one of four chance of getting your midwife was basically how they did it. So um,
0: that's still pretty nice. It's like, pretty small still yes because you still get to like know everybody (laughs)
1: yes yep so um yeah so I chose my midwife randomly like I said (laughs) and it ended up working out great she is she was and it still is amazing um and we fit so well we got along so well I just really learned to um just like trust her and felt really comfortable and safe with her so um unfortunately she she's not the one that delivered my first baby but um she was yeah great it ended up working out in my favor that she was
0: so awesome so yeah so let's kind of I guess jump into your last final weeks and kind of like how that went and just take us through your whole birth I guess well this one and we'll go to the next one (laughs) okay
1: yeah so I was um I think 39 weeks pregnant um, and both my mom and sister, I think, went like two weeks over with their first kid. So I was like in the mindset that I was going to go over. Like I'm like, there's no way that this baby is coming early or on time. Like I'm going over, um, <laughs> and so I kind of had that in my mind. Um, and I was doing January. And you're from the Midwest, so you know yeah. weather. Um, so yeah. I. Uh, I think it was a Friday um, and it was a couple days before my due date and we were in a blizzard mm-hmm. um, and everybody's like, Oh, you know, blizzard baby's going to come. And I was like, yeah, okay. There's <laughs> no, no, there's no way. Um, and so that Friday, my husband's a teacher and that Friday we had a snow day and I typically don't work on Friday. So we went out with some friends, grabbed breakfast um, we walked around downtown and like did some shopping cause in town wasn't, the weather wasn't super bad. It was just, we're so yeah. rural, you know, that the outside roads outside of town are bad, but in town it was okay. It was decent. So we were like walking around, yeah, doing, doing some shopping. And, um, I was feeling pretty good. Um, and however, I was getting a little tired. So I went back and actually ended up napping and just kind of hanging out around the house for the rest of the day. And then went to bed and was, again, feeling pretty good. Um, I should say, though, about uh, I think it was five days earlier, I had noticed that I had lost my mucus plug. Mm. And, you know, you hear, oh, you lose your mucus plug like it could be any day now. Um, But I think it had been like five days. Right. um, And I think it's so variable that I was like not. And I don't think at the time I realized
0: it was my mucus plug. But um, there's so much stuff coming out of there.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah. So I was like. (laughs) I don't know. That just didn't really like signify anything to me in that moment. Um, but I went to bed and then around midnight, I felt a huge pop and a mm. gush. Um, and I like jumped up, ran to the bathroom and was like standing in the tub and this, like, <laughs> it was literally like TMI gushing out of me. Um, and I like called to my husband and I was like, um, um, Andy, uh, I think my water broke, <laughs> and <laughs> he like got up and he was kind of freaking out a little bit. He's like, "What do we do? Oh my gosh!" Because it was literally like like movie style what, yeah. what you see in movies of what a water breaking looks like is what it looked and felt like. Like at yeah. total burst, um, and there was no question that it was my water, um, <laughs> and so we called the. Um, hospital and the nurse um, that we talked to was like, oh, well, you know, um, this could, or they, she asked if contractions had started. And I said, no, I hadn't really had anything up until then. And Mm -hmm. she's like, okay, well, you know, it can take, you know, 12 to 24 hours before contractions even start. So um, why don't you go get some rest, go to sleep, call us in the morning, tell us how things are going um, or check back in and then we'll go from there. And so I think my husband was pretty disappointed. He's cause he thought, you know, your water breaks, like baby's coming. Let's go. Um, <laughs> like the movies. And, yes, exactly. And to his disappointment, not necessarily the case. So I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to try to sleep. Um, and so I laid back down, um, fun fact, um, uh, that I did not know until my water breaks and you probably know this, but, um, your water does not stop leaking. Like (laughs) your body continues to make amniotic fluid. And so you, (laughs) and I, when I did end up finally going to the hospital, I asked her like, when am I going to stop leaking? Like, this is so uncomfortable. And she's like, oh, not till your baby's born. And I was like, are you serious? (laughs) Um, I think it slows, it slowed down, but I guess it doesn't stop. So, So that was something I didn't know. Um, but I laid down, tried to get comfortable and sleep. And about a half hour later, um, is when my contraction started, so I didn't really get that nice break or rest, I guess. Um, but I mean, yeah, kind
0: of, yeah, it's kind of nice because, like, I mean, it's even really nice to hear that the nurse was like giving you time because I feel like some hospitals would be like, "Oh, you need to come in right away," you know what right. I mean? Right. That was
1: nice. Yes, it was. And I, my plan was to try to, um, you know, labor at home as long as possible. Um, because, you know, with all the reading and research I had been doing, the more, the earlier you go in, the more potential for interventions. And I really wanted to avoid that. So um, our plan was to labor at home for as long as possible. Um,
0: mm-hmm. So my
1: contractions started, they were pretty spread out at this point. Um, and... Um, So I just kind of tried to lay down and still rest. Um, I quickly realized that that just wasn't going to (laughs) happen. My adrenaline was going um, and yeah, there was no way. Um, The blizzard, by the way, is still happening. And throughout the night, I think my husband went out two or three times to shovel our driveway because he wanted us to be able to get out. Um, So I think he shoveled at midnight. I think he went again at like one and then he went again at four, and then he shoveled again before we left for the hospital. So he was like also a ball of nerves and energy, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he really wanted to make sure that we would be able to get to the hospital. So um, that was his <laughs> his um, <laughs> way to release some of that energy, I guess. Um, yeah. <laughs> so um, we, I ended up getting into the tub. I think around four a.m. Um, and I actually sat in the tub for uh, several hours. Um, I just kept draining it and refilling it. Um, cause it was really the only place that I was finding relaxation. Um, and I was able to actually like kind of shut my eyes and just relax a little bit. Um, I think by then my contractions were like eight to 10 minutes apart. Um, and by the time I got out of the tub, I think it was like six. Um, I was finally able to sleep. I slept for a little bit, um, woke up at like seven thirty, um, and that's when my contractions really started to pick up. Um, I think they were like five ish minutes apart by then, um, and my husband I think was really antsy to get to the hospital, um, <laughs> weather weather related, and also I think he was just like just.
0: Anxious about it. Um, I feel like they always are, especially (laughs) right away. Like my husband was the same way. He was like, Let's go. And I'm like, No, we're fine. (laughs) And he's like, We're going now. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's exactly how my husband was. Is he was like, I'm ready to go. I want
1: this baby to be here. Like, this is just too like he just doesn't like the unpredictability and like not knowing. Like he just wants it done and ready to go. He's like, ready to go. So um he we called back in to the nurse and she's like well you guys can I'll leave it up to you you can wait it out a little bit longer she's like you're right on the edge you know five minutes your contractions are apart so she's like you can come in or you can wait it out and I was like we're waiting it out my (laughs) husband's like we're coming in um we did wait a little bit longer a couple more hours and then finally I was like okay we can go in and we live probably like I don't know seven minutes from the hospital so it was not a far drive.
0: Yeah. Nice and close. <laughs> yes,
1: it was. So we went in at around nine. Um, and the unfortunate part is I hopped into that car and I heard so many stories about, oh, my gosh, the drive to the hospital is the worst. Like being in the car is the worst. And so I was like mentally preparing myself for that. But as soon as I got into the car, my contractions completely stopped. Ugh, like they so just yes yeah, stalled. And so I got to the hospital and I was like, well, we're here. We might as well just walk in. Um, and so they checked me in. Um, the nice thing of also about small hospital is we don't have triage. Um, at least they didn't that day. It was a Saturday. Um, they just wheeled me right up to labor and delivery. So I didn't even have to wait or anything and they checked me right in right away. So, um,
0: yeah, that's nice. <laughs> yeah it was
1: super nice. Um, and my contractions had stopped. I really wasn't having anything at that point. Um, so I was a little discouraged about that. Um, And then I also had not been checked at all throughout my pregnancy. It was a choice I decided to make that I just did not want to be checked. I am the type of person where that information, I think, would have been more harmful than helpful yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, it would have made me stress out and anxious. And I know it's so unpredictable. You could be one centimeter and go into labor the next day, or you could be three and wait three weeks. So yeah. for me, yeah. it just was, wasn't was worth it for me. So I had no idea at that point what I was, if I was progressing at all. I had no idea. So um, the nurse tried to check me and I have a weird now I know I have a like a weird tilt in my um uterus and then I have um like a really I don't know if it's like a not shallow I don't know like she really couldn't find my cervix and she had a really hard time um like seeing if I was dilated at all and it was very very painful for me
0: so um she wasn't able my cousin was like that too. She's yeah. like, I am never getting another cervical check unless I have an epidural.
1: Yeah, no, <laughs> it was the
0: worst part.
1: It was, yeah, it was so painful. Um, and I was like, oh my gosh. So she's like, okay, I'm not going to keep going. Cause they are obviously in pain. Um, and so we waited for my midwife. Um, and then when she got there, she checked me and I was about, uh, I think four centimeters mm-hmm. and about 90% of face. So better than I expected Mm -hmm. um but at that point she was like well you're four four centimeters you can go home she's like if you want um I don't think they had officially admitted me at this time um she's like you can go home and labor at home for a little bit longer or you can stay here she's like you're you can do whatever you're close enough to the hospital that I'm not too worried about you making it it's your first baby like right you whatever you're comfortable with um And I like went back and forth because part of me was like, oh, it'd be nice to just kind of labor at home. Um, The other part of me was hopeful that it wouldn't take long um, (laughs) and maybe um, ignorance is bliss that it maybe wouldn't take as long as it can or what I heard for first babies (laughs) and and wanting to stay. Um, And I know my husband really wanted to stay. I don't think he wanted to worry about the stress of going back home and then having to decide to when and to come yeah. back in, so we ended up just staying. Um, and they admitted me. Um, I, oh, I don't, I don't even think. I think it was not that long, that much later um, before my contractions picked up. I think it was maybe at forty-five minutes mm-hmm. and my contractions picked back up again. So that was a good sign.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: and I just continued to labor throughout the day. Um, we got there, like I said, early in the morning. Um, and I think by like 10 or 11, if not earlier, my contractions started picking back up. Um, but my hospital, they call it a birthing center in my hospital, even though it's located in the center. So I think they're very, um, open and very like. I don't know what the word is, but they were just really good about and supportive of my plan or what I had, I guess, my like what I was wanting. Um, The nurses were great. Um, They gave me and my husband just like a lot of space, which I really appreciated. Like most of the time it was and the hospital was dead, too. There was like a few families in the postpartum room and there was no one else in the labor and delivery um, rooms. So it was literally me and my husband on a weekend it was super quiet and they just kind of let us alone and they let us do our thing. And me and my husband had a really, yeah, it was super nice. Me and my husband had a really good system going. I would have a contraction. He would apply counter pressure. I would either be walking the halls or using a birthing ball um, while I was on my knees and had like my elbows on the ball and he would apply counter pressure. And that's how we were getting through contractions. And it was working really, really well. Um, And I was finding a lot of relief through that. Um, and that's how we spent most of the day. Um, it was just getting through each contraction. I was doing, um, intermittent, intermittent, uh, fetal monitoring. So every, I don't know, hour half or so. Hour. Yeah. yeah a half hour, whatever they would come in, I would lay in the bed, they'd monitor baby monitor my contractions and then they would disconnect me and I was able to continue walking. So that part was also really nice. I know not all hospitals do that. Um, and then the other part I was really excited for is our birthing units have these huge tubs in them. Um, mm-hmm. these huge, like jacuzzi tubs. So I was like kind of waiting cause I know, um, that getting in the tubs can, you know, slow down labor. So I was kind of trying to hold out before I used that as a resource, just to, because I already had stalled out on my contractions. Yeah. I didn't want that to happen again. Um, so, but I finally got to the point where um I felt like my contractions were frequent enough and intense enough that that would have, would be really helpful, and it was oh man, it was yeah. um I was expecting it to be as comforting as it was um, Did,
0: does your hospital allow you to give birth in the tub or just labor in the tub?
1: Honestly, I don't know because. <laughs> I will get to this, but I was at one point pushing while I was in the tub. Um, I eventually did have to get out. I don't know if it was because she didn't want me to birth in the tub or if it was because it wasn't working because it really, um, for me, wasn't working to push. Um, So I don't know. But she never said, like, we can't have you birth here. You need to move. She was more of like, this isn't working. We needed to try something different because I just wasn't. I pushed for a long time um, and it just wasn't working. So I don't, I don't know if they would have let me deliver in the tub or not. Um,
0: yeah. Like so, my the hospital in Fargo that I go to, they don't let you deliver in the tub, but then I just interviewed a girl in Purim and they let you do water birth. So I was like, this so yeah. interesting that like yeah. Fargo doesn't let you, but like Perm does. <laughs> hey,
1: yeah. Purim or yeah. And or, yeah, I guess I don't know. Um, I felt like if, I would have pushed or that would have been working. I, I don't know if she would have made me move. So I'm not sure. Um, So I'm anyway, (laughs) yeah, not sure, but um, yeah. So I got used the tub a lot. Um, I will kind of backtrack and say there was one point um, in my um, laboring process where I was hooked up to the monitor And my contract, this was before I got into the tub, my contractions were starting to get pretty intense. And so the fetal monitoring was pretty rough for me because those were the points where I couldn't move. I couldn't Mm -hmm. use, you know, listen to my body. I couldn't do that counter pressure as well, or my husband couldn't because I had to be laying on one of my sides. And so it was just becoming a lot more uncomfortable for me. And there was one point where, um, like I said, I was the only um, woman in labor and delivery at that point. And I was laying on the bed and I was having some pretty intense contractions. I was being monitored. And I remember so vividly, um, all of a sudden they wheeled a woman in from the ambulance. We actually had heard the ambulance come in and she was screaming, Mm. like
0: Mm. blood
1: curdling, screaming, yelling at the staff, like, It was so intense. They put her in the room right next to mine. Oh, lovely. Yes. And I had, me and my husband had like the lights dimmed and we had my essential oils going and we had, you know, music playing. We had this just like soft, like gentle vibe, comfort, peaceful vibe going. And then this lady gets wheeled in and bless her soul, I know it's not her fault, but like it shattered all of that. Like Uh my mental state went from like, I got this this is amazing. Like I'm handling this so well, like you're doing great to holy crap. Is that what I have in store for me? Like, is that what it's going to be like? Is that how painful it is? And it just shattered. I started crying. I was like buzzing for my nurse and nobody was coming. I I think they were all like hands on deck with this lady. Um, And I think she ended up having, I heard her, she ended up having her baby in like solid 20 minutes. I think like she was in and out. It wasn't very long um, we're at that point. (laughs) Yeah, obviously. Yes. Um, (laughs) like you could tell by the way she was screaming that she was probably (laughs) close. Um, but yeah, so it didn't last long, but it was like that moment that just like, Oh, it was so hard. And I wanted to get out of the bed. I wanted to move. And so then finally my nurse came in and she saw me and she saw my tears. And I think she thought I was crying because I was in pain. Um, which partly yes, but partly I was crying cause I was so scared. I was like, mm-hmm. holy crap. Like I'm never been, I've never given labor before. I have no idea what to expect. I'm trying to do this unmedicated. And now I hear this. So, mm-hmm. um, I ended up just like, finally, I was like, screw this. I'm taking off my monitoring all the things. And I just like started getting up as soon as she walked in. I had already like started the process of like taking everything off. Cause I was like, <laughs> I'm getting out of this bed. I don't need a, I don't need a nurse right now. So um, she ended up actually, I didn't know this um, until after, but she ended up actually calling my midwife after that. Cause my midwife, it was Saturday. So she wasn't just like at the hospital. She mm-hmm. was at home. So they ended up calling her and she actually ended up coming in after that. Cause I think they thought I was in so much pain. Mm-hmm. Um, which was interesting. But, um, but that, that's when I decided to get in the tub. That was like my breaking point was like, I need to reestablish this like, calmness. Yeah. And I need to kind of get back into the groove. So um, that's when I got into the tub. Um, and in the tub, actually, I thought maybe it would kind of slow it down. But it didn't. Once I got in the tub, I feel like it was it went really or it felt like it went so fast, but it really didn't. But it felt like things really picked up and intensified and my t- contractions got really, really, really intense. Um, I remember at one point I was like crying to my husband and I like looked at him and I was like, I can't I can't do this. Mm-hmm. Like I cannot do this. Um and looking back, I think that was probably my transition. But yep. um <laughs> but, Wait. <laughs> yes I was like I can't I can't do this like this baby's gonna be in me forever I'm not gonna be able to get this out like this is too hard it's too painful I can't do it um my husband was great he was such a good birthing partner um he was so reassuring um and it was great and then my midwife finally came and actually wasn't my midwife um it was someone else on call um but Oddly enough, the midwife that was on call was the mid- midwife that had delivered all four of my sister's babies. So <laughs> I was familiar with her. I'd never met her, but I was familiar with her and heard good things. So, yeah. so that was really nice. She was amazing. She basically was like, um, while I was in the tub, she, you know, I always hear stories about like providers, people saying like, oh, my provider made me move like this so they could access or see the baby. And she never, she was always like, Wherever I was, she just worked around it. Like she never yeah. made me move. She never made it seem like an inconvenience, like that I was in the tub. She just like worked around it, and she was like, "This is how you're comfortable. Cool. Let me check and see if I can feel ahead, or let me, like, just use this mirror here to see if I can see what's going on." Like she was so great. Um, but I, she basically was like, "All right, whenever you're ready, listen to your body, push when you feel like you have to push, and we will, you know, we'll just go with that." And I did get the urge to push while I was in the tub and Mm -hmm. I was pushing for quite a while and I just wasn't able to make progress. Um, Mm -hmm. I think looking back now, I was really scared. Um, Mm -hmm. but, um, I was not able to make any progress. And so that's the point where she was like, I really think we need to move. Like I have this, I don't know what you call it. You probably know it's like a, it looks like a toilet, but it's like a metal and it has like the pool. Yeah. Is it a birthing stool? stool? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She wanted me to use that. And she's like, why don't we use this? Why don't you sit on here? She's like, I have a lot of women use this and they really like it. Um, and it had like the pool noodle around the it. And then she's like, just sit on here, like sit on it, like you're going to the bathroom and then we'll do some pushing. And she's like, that's, you know, how a lot of people can birth their babies and they really like it. And so I tried that for one push or one contraction. And I was like, get me the heck off this. <laughs> I think because I was scared, first of all, the push and it was so intense and yeah. um, I just didn't like it. So then we moved to the bed and she, which I know everybody says, like don't push on your back. Um, and this is definitely something that in future pregnancies I would want to do differently, but like she just had me on my back, but she did have it like tilted up. Um, mm-hmm. And that's how I started pushing. And then once I got to the bed, it was like, game on, I'm in this. I'm doing this. I was in the zone and mm-hmm. I would just like she would give a contraction, I, I would push and then I'd like pass out my I shut my eyes. And I would like literally pass out for a few seconds and she's like, all right, next contraction, do it again. And then the contraction would start and I would just like push like crazy and then I would pass out. And that was probably the shortest duration of pushing I had. And that is how my son was born. So yeah, yeah, I remember vividly like the ring of fire. (laughs) Um, I remember being super exhausted and we didn't know what we were having. Um, And so my absolute favorite moment was when he finally was born and my son or my husband got to call out that it was a boy.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: And yeah, that's how my son was born. And they put him right on my chest and it was beautiful.
0: Yeah, I think it's something to kind of note to anybody that's listening. Like I know how you said, like when you're pushing, you push on your back and like you hear people say not to do that. But it's really kind of just whatever feels right. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Like if that's what feels good to you, do it. Like yeah. I think the biggest thing about it is people get forced to do it and that's when it's bad. But if you feel good doing that, freaking right. do it. Like that's right. how it came out. That's how you felt good. Might mm-hmm. as well do it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I don't know what it was, but I think just being able to rest too, like actually yep. lay down and rest was probably what I needed because- um, I know this isn't necessarily the longest of the long that pushing can last, but I pushed for over two hours, which I would yeah. say is
0: pretty exhausting. So I was tired. Yeah. Um, and so very, I think it's very similar story to you. I did like I two or three hours and I did all mm-hmm. the other ones and I finally end up just laying on my back and doing it because I was just so tired. Right. Same thing.
1: Yep. Yep. So I think that's probably why it worked is I was maybe finally able to just like, in a sense, rest without resting, but rest and just, yeah. So, um, I think we went to the, got to the hospital around nine and my son was born at like seven forty five
0: PM. Yeah. So yeah. So um, right after you had him, what was your kind of like immediate postpartum? Like, like, did you do like skin to skin or what was your feeding plan? All that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. So, um, he was immediately placed on my chest and we did skin to skin. I really wanted to do like the golden hour. Um, and, uh, my plan was to breastfeed. Um, and yeah, he um, laid on me for quite a while. They, the hospital was great. They didn't even, um, they were like, we don't have to weigh him. We don't have to do anything like you take it the time that you need and then let us know when you want us to weigh him and do all mm-hmm. those things. So they were really great about that. I did want delayed cord clamping, but I honestly don't remember if that even happened. It's such a blur. Um, and so I know that's something I talked about with my midwife, but I don't remember if that even happened. Uh, and so I don't know. Um, and then um, he latched right away and had a really good latch um, right away Um, it didn't last like that. Like it was like his first latch was so great. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be awesome. Like, I can't believe he latched like this. This is so amazing. And then we, our hospital does it where they have their delivery room and then you are wheeled to a postpartum room. And so the other cool thing about doing unmedicated is I literally, like, as soon as I had, like, my golden hour, and then they took him to do all their things, and, like, I let my husband hold him, and I, like, stood up, and I stood up and went and peed, like, or tried to pee, like, that was, like, amazing to me that I was able to just, like, get up and walk, yeah, Yeah. then, yeah, so, and then they just, like, yeah, I could have walked if I wanted to to the postpartum room, but I was, like, um, really tired so I did end up to, they just wheeled me but like the fact that I had the option of like walking if I wanted to to my postpartum room was wild to me mm-hmm. Um. so um, but as far as my breastfeeding going he like I said he latched right away really well but then after I could not get him to eat he was like so lethargic and tired I'm sure it just like took so much out of him but like he um, we had the nurses take him you know, they offer to take the babies to the nursery for a little bit. And I was like, really worried about that. But I was also like exhausted. Um And so I did have them take him and I was like, Okay, you need to like, wake me up like I want to nurse him. So please like bring him to me at any sign of like him being hungry or whatever. And like they had to like force him to wake up to try to nurse because he wouldn't mm-hmm. wake up or he like just wasn't interested. Um, and so he really did not eat that first day much. Um, and I really struggled getting him to latch again. Um, we tried like so many different like nursing positions. And the one thing I will say is I just don't feel like the hospital, like the nurses were great. And, um, I really loved them throughout the labor and delivery process, but I just didn't feel much support. Um, I shouldn't say that they were supportive, but I feel like knowing now what i know now i felt like the support they were giving me wasn't really helpful if that Mm -hmm. makes sense
0: yeah like
1: i just felt really discouraged right away um that he just wasn't latching um Mm -hmm. and wasn't interested in eating and Mm -hmm. so that was that was tough um and they did eventually he we figured it out um i had i think a pretty good breastfeeding journey from there on but those first couple days are just so stressful and you're a new mom you have no idea what the heck you're doing
0: Mm -hmm. and like I said
1: looking back now I feel like my breastfeeding class was helpful but I feel like there's just so much more that I didn't know that I wish I would have that probably
0: would have helped so yeah um, it was just really stressful (laughs) yeah I feel like it's a general consensus between like every podcast is it's always like you never know until you know
1: (laughs) Yep, yep that's exactly it so
0: How long did you end up nursing him for?
1: Um, I nursed him for about 13 months. Um, My goal was a year. Um, We did end up supplementing. I think the final month, my supply, I could just tell, was kind of drying up. And he just wasn't interested. I think he really went on a big nursing strike when he turned 13 months and I wasn't ready to be done, but um, he just was not interested, mm-hmm. um, and so yeah, we did 13 months, which I'm very proud of. Now looking back, I'm like, dang, we made it 13 months—that's amazing. That's so awesome. <laughs> yeah, so um, our nursing journey was pretty, pretty great, um, and I was pretty stressed about it. Um, I think as a lot of first-time moms are,
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: but other than that, overall. Um, I think it was a really positive experience and one I really enjoyed, Um, so.
0: Good. Let's kind of possibly just jump into your next one so we don't get too far on. Yes. Yeah. Um, So if you want to kind of start off with that and how you conceived and how that pregnancy went, we can just dive right into it.
1: Yeah, so I knew that I really, and I (laughs) talked... I make it sound like my husband had no say, but he did agree to this, that I was like really <laughs> wanting like a two year age gap. That was like kind of my thing. I was like, I wanted my kids to be closer together um, and I didn't want them to be too close, but I wanted them to be close enough. So we kind of decided on the two year age gap. So um, my son was probably, I don't know, what, 14 ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know how old he was a little over a year. When we decided that we were ready to start trying again and we got pregnant literally on the first try, again, not at all expecting that to happen. I'm so thankful because I know that is not the case and I have clients that I work with that that is not the case. so I'm feeling so I feel so fortunate that that okay. was our journey. Um, but we got pregnant right away. Um, so was not expecting that. And this pregnancy was a 180. Mm (laughs) um totally different um I wouldn't say it was like the worst of the worst that I you know you can have but I was nauseous and you know had way more symptoms I felt pregnant and it's so hard to tell is it because you're chasing a toddler around and you're tired or is it actually just different pregnancy and maybe it was a little bit of both but I was so tired and definitely more sick and nauseous. And the other thing that was very different about this pregnancy was um, the anxiety. I had a ton of, of anxiety during pregnancy um, from the start, from when I found out I was pregnant all the way through until I delivered. I don't know what it was about this one. I think looking back now, after you hear the the rest of the story um, I think it was just like my brain, like just knew <laughs> That this yeah. was going to be a different experience for me, but wow. for whatever reason, I had a lot of anxiety. I was really worried about miscarrying. I was um, just, just, yeah, super anxious overall. Um, and so that was different because I just felt like my first pregnancy was so blissful and I enjoyed it. And there was like, no, not a lot of stress. And this, yeah. this one was so different, but overall, other than some of those things, it was, it was good. Um, and yeah, nothing super notable um, until I got to about 28 weeks pregnant. I tested positive for COVID. Um, and I wasn't aware of how that impacts pregnancy. Mm. Uh, but apparently there are or could be or can be some um, effects of, of, of COVID. I guess I don't know if they know for sure, but there are some things that they watch for if you test positive for COVID during pregnancy. So um, they, I found out that at least for our hospital, they do some extra monitoring after if you are pregnant. Mm -hmm. Maybe it depends on when in your pregnancy you test positive, but, um, I, from there on out, I had to do extra ultrasounds and biophysical profiles through the rest of my pregnancy. So I think I had one every two weeks until I hit 36 weeks. And then I had one every week. Um, so I was getting a lot of extra monitoring and I also don't know if that impacted or increased my anxiety. Right. Probably. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Probably it didn't help. <laughs>
1: yeah. Probably not. So, um, but it was actually probably a blessing in disguise because, um, I went in for my 38 week appointment, um, and I was doing all this extra monitoring. So I had an ultrasound that for the, right before that appointment and, um, uh, biophysical profile. And, um, I actually failed that biophysical profile. Um, mm-hmm. and cause I think it's a point system, you're supposed to get so many points. And I did not obviously get all the points I was supposed to. So, um, whether or not that was COVID related or not, I'm just very thankful that I had extra monitoring. Cause I don't know how else that would have been caught. Mm-hmm. Um, so I found out I had low amniotic fluid. Um, and my midwife at the time was like, well, it's not super it's low but it's not in the range that we would consider like super concerning yet so just go home rest this weekend drink lots of fluid come back monday we'll do another one mm-hmm. um, so they did another one on monday and i know everybody i feel like i saw a reel on this on instagram but it's that like makes fun of the ultrasound tech but um because she didn't say anything like i went in on monday and you get no feedback you get nothing from them. <laughs> like it's just like you have no idea. Um, They will make statements and stuff, but nothing that gives you any indication of like what's going on. Or so (laughs) i had this biophysical profile. She gave me nothing. And she was basically like, your nurse will call you or your midwife will call you. Um, My nurse called me and was like, we want you to come back in. So I came back in on that next day, that Tuesday. Um, Again, this text says nothing. And I'm just like, what's going on? Why are like, maybe no news is good news. I don't know. I was like in denial. Um, but then on that Tuesday, I finally was able to meet with my midwife. And as soon as she walked into the room, I knew, I knew something was wrong. Um, I just like felt my stomach drop. And she was like, well, um, this doesn't look good. She's like, I think it's, um, above five, between five and 25, like inches is what you want your amniotic fluid to be i think that's like the range and mm-hmm. i think at my point that point mine was at like a five or a six mm-hmm. um or no on monday it was a five or a six and then tuesday i think it was at like a three or a four so it had dropped into yeah. like dangerous territory yeah um in a short span of time and i'm like wait where where is it where is it going like where is my right. i'm not leaking like what's happening and she's like we don't really know but you we can't like this is dangerous. Like amniotic fluid is very important. It Mm -hmm. does so much for your baby and for you to not have enough is very dangerous. So Mm -hmm. basically she walked in and was like, all right, we're sending you to the hospital. You're going to go get induced. And I was like, what? So Mm -hmm. what are you saying? And she's like, you need to go to the hospital. And I think I was just in denial because I was like, okay, I got to go to work. I got to wrap up because I literally left work for this appointment thinking that I would be back. So right. I like, left my lights on and all this stuff. And I was like, okay, I got to go to work. I got to close up everything, to, you know, just like close a few things. And then I'm going to go home and get my bag. And she's like, no, Christina, you are going to the hospital right now. And I was like, what? <laughs> I just like, couldn't wrap my head around that. Yeah. This was happening. Um, but like, I got, yeah, so I left that appointment. She's like, I'll meet you over there in a little bit, go to the hospital. The hospital is like literally right behind the clinic. Um, mm-hmm. So they're like, not connected, but almost connected kind of thing. Um, so I like drove around the block and sat in the parking lot at the hospital and just bawled my eyes out. I was just so scared and so overwhelmed. And then I called my husband who, as I said earlier, is a teacher. Of course he doesn't answer his phone because what teacher is going to (laughs) answer their cell phone. So I had to call the office and I'm like in tears, trying not to like, trying for them to be able to understand me. Like and I'm like, I need to talk to Andy. <laughs> oh. And they had to, like, patch me through to his phone at school. And then I taught And then as soon as I heard his voice, I burst into tears. Because, you know, as soon oh. as you. Um, so then he was. On his way, he's gonna go home and grab the bags and meet me at the hospital. And then the other thing that's different about second babies is you gotta think about your other kid. Right, I was just like who's oh, right. taking care of your kid? <laughs> yeah. So my son's at daycare. Um, luckily, we have really good friends and neighbors who live right next door to us who also have a daughter in the same daycare. And our plan was if I went into labor during the day, um, like I said, I don't really have family close. My sister is, but she's got, at that point, had three kids of her own. Um, <laughs> so it's not like she can just get up and leave and grab my, my son. So the plan was for my neighbor to pick my son up from daycare. And then my mom would come from two hours. Um, she's up in my hometown of Crookston. So Early she now. was like, I'll drive the two and a half hours or two hours um, as soon as she got the call. And then she would pick my son up from our neighbor's house. So. Mm-hmm. I texted my neighbor. I called my mom. Um, there's something also about mom's voice. As soon as I heard yep. her voice, I burst into tears again. Yes. Um, so yeah, it's just something about your mom. Um, yes. <laughs> but yeah, you just don't think of like the, just the prep that goes into that compared to the first baby where it was like, oh, I'm in, I'm going to labor. Well, I better just like sit back and relax. I have nothing else to do. or this one, I was like, okay, I got all these things. Yeah, I gotta figure out. So, um, but I got checked in and my husband met me there and um one thing my midwife said um was you know you're gonna have to adjust your mindset she knew that my hope was to have another unmedicated birth like she knew how passionate and how strongly i felt about that and i think she knew how hard that like mindset shift was going to be for me because it's one of the first things she said of like i know you had a plan but i would never ask you to change your plan unless i thought it was medically necessary she's Mm -hmm. like you gotta shift your mindset this is going to look different. An induction is different. So just know, um, because I was like, I was asking all these questions and she was like, Christina, like, sweetie, this is going to be different. We need to do and make sure your baby's safe. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. Mm -hmm. Um, But she did say that we could start on a super low dose of Pitocin. That was going to be the plan as they were going to go straight to Pitocin um, and start me on a a low dose. So hopefully my body would be able to kind of kick in and do the rest of the work. At least that was my hope, my plan that, you know, maybe if we can get it kickstarted, that then it would take over and just do the rest on its own. And I wouldn't need a ton of interventions because I've also heard horror stories about how much more intense contractions are with inductions because it's, you know, amping it up at such a faster pace than if you were to actually do it. So I was really nervous about that. But so I was glad that she was willing to, you know, take it slow and kind of give me at least some sense of control over this like uncontrollable experience. Um, <clears throat> but I got checked in, they got the Pitocin started. I think they start, they started me at like, I don't know, like a two or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and my contractions started pretty quickly after that. They were pretty mild. Um, and then I think the f- highest I got my Pitocin to was like a four. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately the, my baby was just not, Tolerating my contractions very well. Every contraction, she had pretty significant heart decelerations. Um, and so at first, I didn't know what was happening. Like the nurses would come in pretty frequently, which was again very different from my first pregnancy where we and my, it was just me and my husband and,
0: mm-hmm. you know, we
1: did kind of our own thing. This one, the nurses were coming in and out, constantly moving me, having me shift. And at first, I didn't think anything of it because I was like, oh, it's induction. Like this is going to be different. Like, my first pregnancy, I didn't even have like a IV or anything until I was like ready to almost ready to go. They were like, oh shoot, we probably should put an IV in <laughs> and you just in case. Um, Cause I think that must be a hospital protocol, but I just got like, I think it's like a hep block or something. I didn't even yeah. get IVs or anything where this one, you know, it's right away and they're just doing all these things and they're turning me and having me try all these different positions. And now looking back, I, I know that they were having me do different positions because you know, hoping to relieve some of that distress that my, that my baby was under. Um, but so they were moving me back and forth and having me try all these positions and they were coming in. I swear it was like every 10, 15 minutes they were coming in and moving me and just nothing was working. Um, and so finally they stopped the Pitocin, uh, just to get, let me take a break, let baby get a break. Um, and then they, my midwife, came in and was like well we can try again maybe get a break they let me actually they let me eat um which our hospital doesn't have like a policy on eating but i'm really surprised now just looking back i feel like it just wasn't going in a good direction so the fact that they let me eat was very surprising um mm-hmm. but they let me eat they kind of let me rest and then we started the pitocin again at a, again a low i think it got up to a four again and the same thing was happening just mm. she just wasn't tolerating um, those, the, my contractions. And so finally um, my nurse came in and tried one last position. She had me like, they like raised the back of the bed up and had me on my knees. And I had my, my arms, forearms on the back of the bed and was kneeling. And that was so uncomfortable. And it was really hard. Like I was really tired. Um yeah. And even though I, you know, I hadn't, my contractions were super mild and really hadn't even picked up that much but for some reason I was just already really tired by this point and I was like I don't think I'm going to be able to sit if this is the position that works like oh man and I to mean, <laughs> be sitting in this like kneeling position for this long like this is gonna be rough yeah um but um by this point me and my husband were paying more attention to the heart monitor of the of our baby because now we, we kind of knew that <clears throat> something was up and that something wasn't right mm-hmm. so um yeah my nurse and midwife came back in and I could just tell it was like deja vu from earlier that day. She just had this look on her face and she was like, I hey, just, this, she's like, Christina, this just isn't working. Your baby's in a lot of distress. She's, mm-hmm. like, I, at that point, I think I was dilated to a two. Yeah. Um, and I was at a four on the Pitocin. I don't even know how high it goes, but I know it goes a lot higher than that.
0: Yeah. I, go, um, I think it
1: goes to like,
0: is it 10 or 20? Something like yeah,
1: that. Something like that. I know I was on a very mild mild dose of it. Um, and I would say my contractions were super mild, like they were manageable. And Mm -hmm. I I mean, they weren't, I wouldn't even say they were super painful. They were more just to the point where they were really uncomfortable. And she's like, here's the deal. You're at a four. We have a long way to go. You're two centimeters dilated. Um, my cervix was really high up too, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, and she was like, you know, your baby, she's just not tolerating um, and we didn't know that it was a girl at that time, but she's like, your baby's just not really tolerating this really well. She's like, I'm really nervous about pushing this. I mean, if this is what your baby's doing at <clears throat> two centimeters dilated and mild contractions, what is going to happen when you're, you know, trying to get to eight, nine, 10 centimeters dilated and your tra- contractions are super intense? Like, this, right. is, this, is, it, it, this is just a, a little bit of a scary territory. And she's so like, we can continue to to keep trying if you want you don't want to give up yet I think she just knew how much I wanted to repeat my first labor Um, and I think she was aware of that even though she wasn't there for it she just I think she knew how how important and like special that was for me and so I think she was just trying to give me you know that like support yes that option but she's like but I just feel like we can keep doing that, but I just don't know if that's what you want to do. And I am thinking a C-section is going to be your best and safest option at this point. Um, Mm -hmm. And that was just the words I did not want to hear. I don't know if anybody ever wants to hear that, but um, especially just because, you know, I don't, I feel like I don't hear a lot about people having like this beautiful, amazing birth for and positive birth that's unmedicated to, the second being like this. Like, I feel like it's always the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And
0: everybody was telling me.
1: (laughs) "Normal, Right.
0: And this is Mm -hmm. like, you had the perfect first one.
1: Yes. And then this, and everybody was telling me like, Oh, your second's going to be so much faster. Your second's going to be so much better. Like if that was your first labor, like your second's going to be so much better because second babies come faster and second babies, like your body knows what to do. And it hasn't been that long since you gave birth. So like, I just kept hearing that and like I appreciate that because I think a lot of times that is the case but also at the same time it wasn't for me and so that just made it really hard to hear now like that this was what was happening but you know so she left and she's like I'll let you guys talk about it and me my husband talked about it and um, we went we're like well I'm just not gonna I don't know if I want to push it like I don't want something bad to happen and then regret not just doing just doing the c-section and something bad happening to our baby and that was just really scary so we decided that we were going to go with the c-section and then from there it was like a blur it was like I was met the OB on staff she came in introduced herself talked to me walked me through everything then the anesthesiologist came in and then they prepped me and then all of a sudden I was walking down the hallway towards that operating room mm. and it was like so fast and Um, my husband obviously couldn't come in, so he had to wait out in the hallway or in a separate room. Um, one of the reasons I really, really did not want an epidural is the fact that you can't control your body. Like that for me was so scary. And that was like, I would rather endure the pain of childbirth than not have control of my legs. Like that's what it was for me. Like that was a huge portion of why I didn't want an epidural is like, that freaks me out. Like I don't like that yeah and so now I'm like, I don't have a choice. like I have to go in and I have to get this epidural um pain wise, it wasn't that bad. like I was also a little worried about the needle, but wasn't bad, but they laid me down and then, um the other nice thing is I know some I hear about some hospitals where they like strap your arms down and that yeah. also freaks me out. yeah, they did not do that. I just had to spread it out, you know, I like this is crazy that this picture came into my mind, but I literally pictured Jesus on the cross. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. and
1: um because your arms are spread out um but they didn't like um tie them down or anything they just had me spread my arms out you know they have that drape and the actual process of when they actually started the surgery to when it was over I think it's like so fast it's like 10 minutes
0: yeah it's um <laughs> yeah yeah
1: so as soon as I was like numb and everything they had my husband come in and um and he is like he does not like blood. Like I think one time we were doing life insurance and they had to come to our house to take his blood and he had to like lay his head on the table because he was going to pass out. Like that's the kind of, <laughs> he does not do well, but he did great with my first delivery. Um He was a little nervous, but he did great, had no issues. And then he did great with this one too. It's, I don't oh, know if good. it's just it's not his blood. He must be fine because he did yeah. great. Um but Yeah. It's like from the time they start cutting to the time they pull pulled out our baby, it was like 10 minutes. Um, but they pulled her out and they, my husband also wanted to be the one to call it the gender again. So he called it out and he said, it's a girl. And I was like blown away. Cause I did not think I was going to be a mom of a girl. So that was mm-hmm. super exciting. Um, she cried right away and had the strongest cry, which was so relieving to hear just after, having all that distress, knowing all that distress she was under to hear her cry was the beautifulest sound
0: Mm -hmm. ever. Like
1: it was so awesome. Um, and then they, you know, pulled the drape down and they showed it her to me and it was beautiful and amazing. Um, (laughs) the one thing I will say that was really hard for me is they just took her, you know, they don't, I didn't get her on my chest right away. They took her. Uh, my husband went, to go be with her. And then my midwife stayed with me, which was amazing. My midwife was with me this whole time. She was in the surgery and was there holding my hand the entire time. Um, So that was really comforting too. Um, But she stayed with me and she was walking me through actually what they were doing Mm -hmm. um, to uh my baby and so that was really nice because she was like okay now they're wiping her and now they're checking her temperature like they're doing all these things and so I could still kind of be and then they finally brought her over and then I got to do my skin to skin and she was able to lay on my chest for the duration of the surgery because it takes way longer to sew you up than it does to cut you
0: open (laughs) that's um that like the the putting back together part is way longer oh yeah than the, the taking out part.
1: Yes. yes, so much longer. So that took like an hour compared to like the literal 10 minutes that it took to take <laughs> her out. So, but I got to hold her that whole time. And then as soon as they were done stitching me up, um, I got to hold her all the way back to our postpartum room. So that was really, really special to just be able to have her. Um, I will say the feeling of having a baby in your arms when you didn't have any pain and you didn't push is very weird. Like, it just didn't feel real. Like, I felt like, I don't know, this is not, I hope anybody listening this doesn't feel like this is how a C-section is. Because this is not at all what it means. A C-section, birthing a baby is birthing a baby no matter how it's done. But I felt like I cheated. Like, I was like, I just cheated. Like, I took the easy way out. And I hated feeling like that. Um, But I think it's it's a common feeling
0: sometimes I feel like moms say that it's like their mind and their body doesn't really connect yes because there's there's you know the the main event didn't happen right really hard for them to like accept that the baby is born
1: yeah yeah that's exactly that's exactly it like it's this you don't have that mind body connection of like I did something and then here's the result it was like something happened to me yeah and I didn't feel it and now here's a baby. And yeah. so that was really weird.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, um, that was hard. And, um, and I just felt, I think in the moment I was just like, so hyped up on adrenaline that it didn't hit me. But after I felt I was really disappointed and I was, yeah. I just had a really hard time and this will kind of go into my like postpartum experience, but, um, I really struggled with that piece for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, it took me a while. Um, but she, I had a very similar nursing, um, journey with her where she latched right away,
0: Mm -hmm. um,
1: and had a pretty good latch right away, but then struggled after that, um, Mm -hmm. immediately postpartum. And, but she, I did different as I reached out right away to a specific lactation consultant and got, I think I was a week postpartum where I went in for a, um, lactation consultant um, or consultation and then they do like a I don't know if it was like a three-day follow-up where you go back Mm. so um, I'm really glad I did that because um, it was really really painful those first two weeks and I was worried Mm. that she was gonna have like a a lip tie or a tongue tie Um, but she didn't um, and it did get better like that's what I think I remember this on one of your other um, podcasts I don't remember if it was is it Courtney
0: yeah yeah she
1: yeah, was in- she, yeah she talked about like if you just wait or just push like I don't know you know one day or you guys are talking yeah. about just get to the next day and then just get to the next day I mm-hmm. think I like hit my two-week mark with my daughter and I was like okay I got this like I can do this like up until then it was so painful and I wanted to give up but once you get to like that two-week mark I feel like it just like The pain goes away, or it did for me. It's a little better. (laughs) Yes. And it was just more, or it was more bearable. And then, and then it was pretty good from there on out. So it's been a little bit of a harder journey, and just that my supply has been a little different this time around. So we ended up supplementing a little bit earlier. But she's still, like I said, she turned one on Wednesday, and we're still nursing. So I'm hoping to, yeah, continue for as long as she wants um we're not nursing she's pretty much just nursing like once a day and then we do formula the rest of the time but I'm willing to nurse as long as she wants to yeah. so I'm hoping to stretch that out
0: for a little bit longer um so just kind of to backtrack a little bit do they think that the reason she got distressed was because like you had COVID before or is there like not really a reason why
1: I don't think they have enough information to be able to confirm if it was COVID or not. Um, She never was like, this happened because you had COVID. She was like, this is one of the potential side effects of having COVID. But we can't a hundred percent say if like the decrease in amniotic fluid and the the distress that that brought on to my daughter was because of it. I never really got confirmation if that's what it was. I just don't think they know for sure. Um, and I don't think they ever will, because who knows if I wouldn't have tested positive, I still could. have I mean, it still could have happened. So I right. just don't don't know. But I um, am thankful that I had that extra monitoring because I like I said, I don't know if that's something you really catch unless you're doing a biophysical profile. Um, and, right. like I just don't know. Besides like right. maybe lower fetal movement and stuff. I don't know how else you catch something like that. So. Um, (laughs) yeah. So I'm very thankful that I had that extra monitoring because, um, I don't know what, I don't want to think about it. And I don't know what would have happened if we wouldn't have caught that, that my amniotic fluid was that low. Like, I mean, that's,
0: um, pretty low. Yeah. So, yeah. So I guess if you wanted to, you could kind of talk about, um, between both postpartum's like mentally Mm -hmm. how you felt and how that kind of, I guess, ties into your background and your job too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So this time around postpartum was mentally, like my first time I felt really good. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't really um, experience any postpartum anxiety or depression. Um, with my first, I had baby blues and Mm -hmm. some of the typical stuff. Um, but I didn't really experience a lot of it. Um, Like I said, with this pregnancy, this last one, I had more perinatal, you know, the pre pregnancy anxiety. Um, and then after I did notice that, um, just when it came to like my birth and thinking about my birth, every time I thought about my birth for probably the first four or five months after giving birth, I cried. I couldn't think about it without crying. I, um, really struggled, um, with how it happened and Mm -hmm. um just how out of control it felt um and then my you know with the c-section you have to go for your like two-week follow-up to get your scar checked out and i went to that appointment and my midwife basically told me that she was not going to be able to deliver any of my babies anymore because Mm -hmm. i don't know if this is a minnesota thing or if it's our hospital protocol but midwives are not allowed to do v um And they have to be, um, because of the risk of, you know, potentially needing an emergency Mm C-section, you have to have um, an OB. And that was crushing. Yeah, Um, I cried in that session. My midwife gave me the biggest hug because she was like, I didn't, I knew you were going to ask this and I didn't want to have to tell you. And I'm so sorry. She's like, I can still do your prenatal care, but I can't deliver your baby, your next baby. And that was absolutely devastating for me um and yeah so um that was really hard and I think eventually I don't know I think I was six or seven months postpartum and I was like I can't I I need to talk to somebody like this isn't this is I'm almost embarrassed with how long it took because of what I do because I know the signs and things that I was struggling. And um, I finally was able to reach out and and talk to somebody. And that was really helpful. Um, But yeah, it was, I don't know if I would consider my birth traumatic, but it was very scary and unpredictable. And it was really, yeah, it was a hard experience for me. Um, and, And then I do feel bad because I'm so happy rationally that my daughter was able to be here and she was healthy and she was safe and I know I made the best decision that I could for her and for me in that moment but the Mm -hmm. irrational part of me is just still so or was still so disappointed at how it happened so um that was tough um and I think it just really highlights the importance of just getting and seeking out help if you feel like you need it um because even me being knowing all the signs and knowing (laughs) how important it is to talk to somebody and to have and get some counseling or therapy. If you feel like you need it. I was still dragging my feet because I didn't think I needed it. Um, and so that was really eye opening for me um, that, you know, it's hard I think for moms to get help sometimes. Um, yeah.
0: And I feel like when you're in, and I say this for any profession, like if you are, I mean, you're a th- like, even if you're like a physical therapist or a mental health therapist, like I feel like, Whatever you are, you're always the last to do what you should. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, you're, like, so stubborn about it. It
1: would yeah. never be me. It could never be me. And you're like, no, yeah. oh, it's me. Yeah. So, But it it gave me a really good understanding of what women, how, you know, my clients ex- feel and experience some of these things and why maybe it might take somebody a while to finally pull the trigger and to go talk to somebody. But, um, yeah, it's, it's hard. It's yeah. really hard. So, yeah. So- um,
0: Going forward, if you do ever decide to have more, are you going to try for a VBAC? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've already
1: (laughs) done so much research. Um, I listened to your and Shannon's podcast or your episode, and um, that's where I got, I think, is the VBAC link. Yeah. Um, So I already started following them and listening to the podcast (laughs) there. I think Courtney mentioned the Home Birth, Happy Home Birth podcast. So I like downloaded that one. Um, I would love to do a VBAC, and I would love to do a home birth. So, um, those are my hopes in the moving forward. I would love to have more babies if I can get my husband on board to give me a few more. Um,
0: I really the would. General, love to do- the trend is that you just do what you want, though, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, he doesn't listen to this, but kind of. <laughs> Right um <laughs> yeah he he gets on board eventually and I don't think he would ever like change how we've done it so far. I think everything happened how it was supposed to, but um I for sure would like at least one more if not more than that and <laughs> I would like to do a VBAC. I've talked to my midwife about it already. She was like, "Are you serious?" And I was like, "Yes. I am asking you these questions because I need <laughs> to know if I if this is a possibility." And she We talked about it and I feel like I'll be a really good candidate, um, for it. So, because I don't think the low amniotic fluid is necessarily, I don't think it puts me at high risk right away if I were to get pregnant again. Um,
0: Right. And I think like, I mean, I've talked to Shannon about it a few times and she's like the best candidates for a VBAC are somebody who's had a vaginal birth and then their cesarean yeah i think and yeah, yeah she's funny yeah. too because she's like she i if you listen to her podcast she literally asked the surgeon if her uterus looked good
1: yeah yes i remember her that's so funny she was, <laughs> um she's awesome yeah that's hilarious i w- wish i would have asked my um surgeon that um but but yeah so no i've done a lot of research on it already i think i would be a really good candidate so that's my plan Um, I think we're going to wait a little bit longer before our next one. I know, I think it's like, what, 18 months that they recommend waiting. So um, we'll probably wait a little bit longer. Like I said, my daughter just turned one. So I'll give my body a little bit more time to recover. And the recovery also, by the way, for a C-section is so much different than obviously, and so much harder, I thought, um, than my first Delivery, so but just letting my body recover. Um, but I would like, love to do a VBAC, so someday. Yeah. Fingers crossed.
0: Yeah. Well, is there any resources that you would like to share with anybody listening, or any of advice?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think, um, like I said, I already mentioned. Like I read Ina ba- Ina May's Guide to Childbirth. I actually read um, January Harshey's um, Birth Without Fear um, during my second pregnancy. Uh, which was very fitting because I was so fearful going into that Mm -hmm. delivery. Um, So reading those books, otherwise, I wasn't much of a reader. I listened, like I said, I listened to a lot of podcasts, The Birth Hour, um, Mm -hmm. and then I watched a lot of YouTube videos. I watched a lot of like delivery vlogs and other people's births and things like that. I always think that's so helpful just to see Um, Other people do it, Um, and I think really one thing I would really encourage people to do, especially if you know you have a history of mental health, if you have a history of depression, if you have a history of anxiety, if you have a history of, you know, bipolar disorder, anything like that, have a plan in place prior to getting pregnant. Like if you know you're going to start trying to get pregnant, or if you're pregnant, put a plan in place, establish care with a provider so that you have a relationship. With a mental health therapist prior to giving birth, that you're comfortable with, that you can go to, mm-hmm. um, even if you don't think you'll experience uh, postpartum depression or anxiety or anything else, just like having that already established and that support already there is going to make a world of a difference. And it's going to make it that much easier to check in with them, and then they can be, you know, helpful in evaluating whether or not you know something's going on because yeah. you already have that care established. So. I think that's my biggest thing is if you even if you don't have a history, um, Mm -hmm. I would just, you know, look at your options, create a plan, um, get your spouse on board um, of like, here are the things to look for. Um, Here's what is baby blues and here's what's not, because Mm -hmm. there is a difference. Baby blues is normal um, when it lasts longer than those first two weeks. And it's, you know, it can start, I think it's three months is the like kind of the peak of when it's most common to start like three months postpartum. So, you know, just having that conversation Mm -hmm. with your spouse or your support system prior to getting pregnant or delivering, I think that's huge and can really set people up for success. So,
0: yeah. Well, before we end this, I kind of want you to like plug yourself and your business at the end. So everybody can have your information too, if they need to reach out. So yeah, go ahead and do that.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, so I feel like if someone were to want to contact, it'd probably be Instagram. I think my handle is Christina25, um, and you can message me on there. Um, if you're in the area of Alexandria, Minnesota, um, or in Minnesota, um, I am... Uh, I work through the Village Family Service Center, um, so you can always Google me and request to work with me if you are looking for perinatal mental health services or just mental health services. I work with birth all the way through adulthood. I work Mm -hmm. with pretty much everybody, um, including babies. It's really cool. So if you are in the area or you're in Minnesota, um, you can always reach out that way, too, and
0: um, contact me through the Village. So Sounds good. Well, thank you for joining today. It was so good to talk to you. Yeah, thank you so
1: much for having me. This was so fun. It was literally like a dream come true. I listened
0: <laughs> to the birth hour,
1: and I loved it. And so to have like be able to share my story and honestly, super therapeutic for me. This is um, really helpful for me to share, especially my C-section story um, yeah. because it has been so hard for me to talk about and to share. So it was almost like a full circle moment for me um, yeah. to. Be able to share it without crying.
0: Walk <laughs> well, through it. it. I loved it so much. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. you.